witches. I'm Felicia. And I'm Holly. Join us as we embark on a journey to discover the ins and outs of witchcraft and what it means to be a witch in today's world. Grab your grimoires, your crystals, and a hot cup of tea, and let's get get spooky. Well, hey, Holly. Hey. (laughs) How are you? Oh, you know. Yeah? Living life. Well, welcome to Leo season. Woo-woo! We're in your prime. Oh, yeah. I feel the fire inside me <laughs> burning. A deep, raging burn. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I love um, it. Did you know that uh, every zodiac sign has a corresponding Greek god? No, I didn't. That's int- What is yours? Leo's is Apollo. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, checks out. <laughs> that makes sense. Now I have to figure out Libras. I think Libras is Aphrodite, but I could be oh. wrong. Oh, Libra corresponding God? Yeah. Question mark? Hera. Hera. Goddess Ooh. of women and marriage. Oh. Queen of the Olympian gods. There you go. Hera is known as the goddess of marriage and birth. Nice. Feels nice. good, man. Feels good. Yeah. Oh, Hera. Hell yeah. Ooh, but Apollo Queen is cool bitch as fuck. Energy. It's all right. I'm just a god of the sun. It's fine. Just, just the god <laughs> of the sun. <laughs> no biggie. Yeah. Just, just basically raw over here. It's fine. It's just the sun god. I love There's it. Tons of those. <laughs> They're never the most powerful in their deity no. or in their pantheons. Never. <laughs> That's too typically funny. a lesser god, you know. Yeah, I love how you're starting this off with a with a bang. More information, more knowledge. Spread Just knowledge. I give you that little tidbit. You I know? love it. It's great. Speaking of, I had a conversation with somebody a couple weeks ago, and I thought it might be good to just throw it out on the podcast one more time, mm-hmm. just in regards to, um, you know, whether or not we thought that we were experts within this field, oh, and okay. that we, uh, if we felt as though we had a place in telling people all of these things. And I just want to reiterate, I know we say it on most of our episodes and all of our social media, we are not experts. We are not teaching people. We are not lecturing people. We are not professors of this at all. Literally what this entire podcast is, is us learning and just allowing you guys to learn with us. Yes. That's it. That is it. So we're just learning some shit. We're reading some shit. We're sharing some shit with each other. And we just so happen to want to share it with other people, too. We find this shit interesting. Yeah. Combined together. We both find this shit interesting. Exactly. Uh, Each of us find different aspects of the whole occult world interesting. And I think it's really important because we teach each other things that maybe we wouldn't look up ourselves. Agreed. You know what I mean? Absolutely agreed. Yeah. Yep. And I think, like, I think you said it perfectly that you and I find different things interesting and we both have such a different approach to the way that we kind of come at mauling through all of this information. So, and yeah, like I said, we're just, we're learning and we're having fun learning and we're teaching each other and in no way, shape or form are we experts in no way, shape or form are we trying to say that we're like leaders of this community at all or that we, that's an icky, that's that's an icky idea. Icky, 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 icky. (laughs) And that's the conversation I had to have with somebody where it was like, you know, this person had an experience where he was within a Wiccan community mm-hmm. and maybe had stepped over the line a little bit within that community and had some repercussions from it. And I, I just had to reiterate that, A, 
neither of us classify ourselves as Wiccans. Neither of us classify ourselves as pagans. We're just both very interested in witchcraft and the occult. And they just happen to very heavily intermingle within Mm -hmm. those communities. Yeah. But we are just learning. We're absolute novices. (laughs) absolute beginners just learning and sharing our journey of learning with anybody who gives a fuck to listen exactly exactly (laughs) so just wanted to put that out there again in case we hadn't made that clear in the past 42 episodes (laughs) maybe we'll re-record our our intro intro. (laughs) something and just like have an intro where it's like just yell we're juniors in the intro yeah learn with us yes but we'll we'll make it more clear yeah yeah we always do that i feel like we do it even at the end of every episode if we fucked up let us know yeah (laughs) right so but just want to make it very blatantly obvious and very blatantly clear that we're just learning and sharing our journey of learning Mm. that is it love it perfect well um i was super inspired by how much research that you had done for the (laughs) alistair crowley thank you um series nightmare i don't (laughs) doubt it for a second it was I re-listened to all of the episodes and they were so great and they were just so, you did a really wonderful job in terms of like, I know there was a lot of data and a lot of research and a lot of information and you did a really great job of like pulling out the the necessary things and making a really interesting like little mini series out of it. Thank you. You're welcome. I was so inspired by it that I fell down the rabbit hole myself these past two weeks. Gotta love that. (laughs) Gotta love when that happens. Yeah, because I was like, well, I can't just come with some weak shit after that. It's just (laughs) embarrassing. (laughs) Right? I was like, I can't come to the podcast have only read one book. So, um, over the next few episodes, we're going to be adventuring into the beautiful country of Sweden. Ooh. (laughs) So, Sweden is a country in Northern Europe. It borders Norway to the west and the north, Finland to the east, and is connected to Denmark in the southwest by a bridge tunnel known here in the west as the Sound. Oh. Yeah, it's very cool. If you haven't seen pictures of it, 10 out of 10 would recommend. It's crazy. That's wild. I've never actually seen that. It's very cool. At 450,000 square kilometers, Sweden is the largest Nordic country, the third largest country in the European Union, and the fifth largest country in Europe, which I did not know. It's the fifth largest country in Europe? It is. Wild. Yeah, right? I didn't realize it was that big. Me neither. And it's just beautiful, by the way. The capital and the largest city is Stockholm. I knew that one. And if you are true crime fans at all, like we are here, uh, you'll know that Stockholm Syndrome was actually created in Stockholm, Sweden. Mm -hmm. So very interesting there. And the country has a total population of approximately 10.2 million. Jesus. Yeah. Holy fuck. Right? Which I... I mean, in terms of like other countries within the area, that's quite a small population. I wouldn't be too mad about living with only 10.2 million people. (laughs) I thought that was lots, but I guess I don't really know population (laughs) statistics. Fair enough. U.S. has like 370 million. So (laughs) there you go. But isn't was this just the town of like the city of Stockholm or the whole country? No, the whole country. Oh, okay. The whole country. I thought you said just the Just city. Stockholm? No. So the <laughs> entire population of Sweden is approximately 10.2 million. Okay, that's not a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Sweden is famous for its abundant forests and lakes, with two-thirds of the country being forest. Wow. Crazy, right? That's a lot. It's a nation of keen recyclers, hikers, and fika 
fika enthusiasts, which roughly translates from Swedish as drinking coffee, munching sweet treats, and chatting, which I would not be opposed to doing We are fika. fika. We, yeah. we are constantly like enthusiasts. Yes, picture. absolutely. We've been doing this for like two decades. Yeah. <laughs> So it's also, I didn't know this, but it's also the pop music capital of the world with most of the producers of pop music coming from Sweden. Oh, yeah. Cool. Right. So a lot of uh, a lot of music is produced there. A lot of uh, like after production comes from Sweden. A lot of like um, lyricists hmm. and yeah, so a lot of people in the music industry come from Sweden. Cool. Yeah. No idea. Very interesting. Stop moving to LA to become a singer. Yeah. To Sweden and Sweden is where it's at. It's much nicer. <laughs> Sweden is also known for large global brands such as IKEA, of yes. course, Spotify, yeah. and Volvo. Ah, yeah. I didn't know Spotify was based out of Sweden. Yeah, it's a Swedish company. Cool. Right? I can fuck with that. I can fuck with Sweden all day. Yeah. IKEA, Spotify, Volvo, that's all you need. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So if you've seen the 2019 movie Midsommar, you'll know that Sweden is also famous for celebrating Midsummer. They yeah. have lots of festivals, lots of events going on all over the country that celebrate uh, this event. The good news is Midsommar is actually very happy time in Sweden rather than the horror fest like the movie portrays. <laughs> um, so this being said, Sweden is also no stranger to the world of witches, supernatural folklore, or Norse mythology. Ooh. A lot of their roots are heavily ingrained in all three of those occult worlds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So witches have been a part of Swedish culture for centuries in both positive and negative forms. For example, in Sweden during Easter, it would not be uncommon for you to see small children dressed up in ragged clothing, painted with dark makeup, with a broom straddled tightly between their legs, running door to door, collecting candy from their neighbors. For in Easter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So in exchange for candy, the children will give their neighbors small gifts, such as homemade drawings or postcards. Oh. Very similar to like trick-or-treating. Yeah. Around Halloween time, but this is at Easter. The tradition, I'm not going to try and pronounce it in Swedish because it's very difficult, but in English, it's translated to Easter hag. Oh. Mm -hmm. So at first glance, this tradition seems quite innocent. These are children, after all, running around getting candy in exchange for cute little drawings. But it's suspected that the tradition has gone on since the early 1800s. Oh, shit. Uh, a deeper study reveals a darker history of, of these types of traditions. One of oppression and persecution. Easter Hag takes place annually on the commonly known Christian holiday, Mendy Thursday, which is Christians, uh, which is the day Christians remember the Last Supper of oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's when Jesus washed the feet of his disciples and his apostles um, and established the ceremony known as Eura Christ. Hmm. So Monday Thursday is the night on which Jesus was betrayed by Judas. Ooh, yeah. Shit. So needless to say, it's important day in Christian faith. Yeah. So to have small children dressed as witches running around exchanging candy for, you know, homemade trinkets yeah. to Christians is terrifying yeah like what the fuck is this yes so it's mentioned in texts as far back as the 13th century that witches flew to a mysterious place called blocula to perform a witch's sabbath and consort with the devil himself Ooh, so as we know shit. a witch's sabbath is similar to a christian sabbath or like a church sabbath in that the devil will perform sermons mm -hmm. witches will typically have sex with the devil so that they can be impregnated by his seed yeah giving birth to demons things like children 
were given to the devil. So we've talked about the witch's Sabbath in a few episodes here and what yeah. that was I uh, known across Europe as. Yeah. But the difference with Swedish is that there was like this blockula where it was like this physical manifestation of the devil where he like lived and where witches would travel to Ooh. and like, yeah. So not a lot of other places had these like physical representations of oh, okay. the devil in his home. Yeah. But here in Sweden, they did. For hundreds of years, Swedes hid their household brooms and to this day light bonfires to scare witches away. Uh, this mm. folklore may seem silly or harmless now, but it wasn't always so. In Europe alone, between the years of 1450 and 1750, fear and panic about the satanic nature of witches led to the deaths of as many of 100,000 plus people yes. across Europe as yeah. we've talked about and the victims as we know are an overwhelming majority of women mm -hmm. okay. unfortunately unfortunately so a dark history lies behind these innocent traditions and those bonfires that we still see today the Swedes were not left untouched by the fear and panic of Christian institutions that spread throughout Europe in the early 16th century so as we know We'll call it Satanic Panic 1.0. Yeah, the, the first Satanic <laughs> yeah, Panic. Yeah, the first basically. Satanic Panic was ripping across Europe. Yeah. And, like, and it's funny because when we talk about witch trials, a lot of people think Salem. Like yeah. Salem is the most popular. Salem is the first one that comes to mind, even though in terms of like death count, in terms of length, mm -hmm. in terms of victims and punishment and having like entire government institutions built for witchcraft, it was like the least Oh, yeah. Uh, um, heavily. Influential. Yeah, influential. Yeah. Right. But it's it's the most well known. Yeah. Right. Which is just crazy because as we've talked about so many times here on the podcast uh, in Germany and England and Scotland and now we're moving north. It was this phenomenon it, it that just ripped across Europe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everywhere. No one was safe in Europe for a long time. No. And that and that's the funny thing is when we talked about the Salem witch trials, it actually came over from Europe. Mm -hmm. Like that whole ideology was from European settlers. Essentially, <laughs> anywhere America. that had experienced any sort of European colonization went through a witch trial. Like yes. there was witch trials of Ghana as well. Yes. Like it's yep. everywhere. 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 Yep. The Christians were terrified of, of witches. witches. Terrified. And, and not just the Christians. The Catholics were terrified of them. Like a lot of these religious institutions were so afraid of paganism, of mm -hmm. Wiccan. Well, I guess Wiccans weren't really around at that time that yeah. was more 19th century yeah. 20th century but any sort of spirituality that mm -hmm. wasn't connected directly to the church to the bible to jesus christ correct was seen as witchcraft right yes. yeah so as they go into these and heresy these, yeah so as they go into these you know indigenous lands yeah no, no matter where right yeah you have like australia and africa and mexico like south yeah. america so many north yep. america and any sort of spirituality that wasn't Jesus in the Bible was oh, yeah. deemed as heresy, deemed as witchcraft, and therefore prosecuted Devil, as such. demonic. Exactly. 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 So thanks, colonizers. <laughs> Christianity, the gift that keeps on giving. Nightmare. <laughs> so, however, Sweden was a country with much fewer witch trials in comparison to its other European counterparts. Okay. Uh, around the same good, time. Man. It is. They did a great... I will say this, even though witch trials happened, yeah. I, I do believe, and we'll get into it later on in this episode, I think they handled it the best. 
okay out of everybody yeah honestly at least from what i've read so far so in sweden about 400 people were executed for witchcraft prior to the last case in 1704 okay okay so yes that's still a lot of people but in terms of witch trials across europe Mm -hmm. across a couple hundred years yeah it's very small very very small because like i think the first witchcraft trial was in like 1350 okay and the last one it was in 1704 okay so you're talking 400 years years, three four hundred years and three four hundred people yeah were tried and executed for witchcraft so in terms of length of time yeah i think the swedes did the best (laughs) sounds like maybe they were a little bit more strict on what classified a witch it's true okay (laughs) Great, great thinking, Holly. It's like, you know, it's like we've done this before. (laughs) So most of these cases occurred during a short but intense period within the country's history, uh, which was about eight years between 1668 and 1676. Okay. When the witch hysteria in, it was called, I'm going to do the English translation again, but the English translation of this, this eight year period was called the Great Noise in Sweden. Um, so we have a bridge called The Sound and an event called The Great, Great Noise. Noise. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Amazing, hey? Sorry, just had to, just had to <laughs> make point the that connection. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so, this infamous period of intensive witch hunts is the most well known, most well recorded, and most well academically explored oh. in Swedish history. So, over the next few episodes, we're going to explore how the great noise came to be in this episode. And then in the latter episodes, we're going to tell some of the most famous stories that Ooh. came out of this eight year period. OK. Yeah. Awesome. Let's so, get into this. We're getting into it. How did the great noise come to be? How did Sweden get to a point where they were hunting Executing witches? witches? And, yes, exactly. Yeah. So in the Middle Ages, sorcery was not considered a serious crime in Sweden no. at all. Sorcery was criminalized in Sweden and through like to Finland. So Sweden, Denmark, like kind of that whole Nordic area. Yeah. Norway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In what was called the County Law of 1350, 1350 okay. which stated death penalty for sorcery only if it had been combined with murder okay so it had to be a murder uh, or a murder like a witchcraft resulting in a murder yeah yeah but there are no confirmed cases that anyone was ever actually executed for sorcery in sweden during the middle ages Oh, right. Good. Yeah. That's great good news. Right. That's good awesome. news, Sweden. Yeah. Um, so there are a few sorcery cases where the outcome is unknown, but it was most likely fines. People were fined and some in some cases, like some of the more severe cases, they were banished from okay. that area. Okay. The, so it was typically in what little history and what little writings we have about that time period, most of them were fines or banishments. So okay. that's kind of like the general idea of what would happen. Not bad. In not the bad, Middle Ages, bad, right? Uh, I'm, so, I'm driving with this. <laughs> I don't hate it here yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so such as a case from Arboga City's notebook in 1471 when Karin and Birgitta and her daughter were accused of witchcraft. Another one in the case of Eric Clausen from 1492, who was executed for consorting with the pagan god Odin. So keep in mind, we have mm-hmm. Norse mythology coming directly yeah. out of all of these countries. So in the same way, paganism in Scotland, England was seen as witchcraft. 
Norris ideologies and Norris mm-hmm. followings were very much seen in the same light as paganism. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So you have a lot of these people who very much have their lives ingrained with Norris gods. Yeah. They're wanting to practice the old ways. Exactly. But the new Christian element that's been introduced is trying yep. to shut it down and make examples of people. Right. Ex- exactly. So during the same time, the Christian church viewed Odin as a demon. Mm-hmm. So all temples, any anything that was in odin's light like anytime people had say like altars to odin he was very much seen as like a demon yeah right and not as a god no so the whole idea around the norris pantheon was very much demonized around this time as well and you could be punished for sorcery and heresy yes if you tried to practice the old ways that's why it's so hard to find relics of it because so many of it was destroyed yep exactly so much of it was destroyed yeah so anything like this could be categorized as a witch trial but also a heresy trial so that's why there's a lot of kind of gaps in academia because some of these things were tried under heresy some were tried under witchcraft right so there's no real guesstimation or accurate assumption of how many of these were actually linked to sorcery yeah because the swedes would put it through as a heresy trial rather than a witchcraft trial yeah because they're going against the church which is like the ruling whatever exactly yeah Yeah. now it's hearsay instead of yeah witchcraft exactly so that law was valid until 1608 So from 1350 to 1608, that was just like the rule. Well, yeah, it had to be murder, had to be linked to murder, had to be something like that for it to be classified. Otherwise, it could just be classified as heresy. Okay. Right. Which was punishable by fine or by banishment. Yeah. Okay. Not too bad. So in 1608, Sweden was given a modern witchcraft act. It replaced the old law where sorcery was only punishable if combined with murder and introduced the death penalty for all forms of sorcery based on the Bible's writings. Thou shalt not let sorceress, let a sorceress live. Oh, great. Yep. Gotta love it. Was it also influenced by King What's-His-Face's demonology? You got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course it (laughs) was. Yeah, it sure was. So this law was the beginning of the real witch hunts in Sweden. And the period of like the 1610s saw their first Swedish witch hunt. So this new law comes out in like 1608, 1609, and then like 1610s, they're in it, right? Okay. Witch trials, people are getting accused, blah, blah, blah. So the first wave of trials in Sweden um, occurred in like the 1590s, 1610s, kind of within that transition period and then afterwards. And it was also this point that was kind of the most intensive time period in Europe, as we talked about. So the other European counterparts are going through it. You know, you have the kings being crazy, coming out with demonology books. Kings are like, the world's on fire. Yeah. Everybody thinks they're being attacked by witches. And then I get it. Like, if you think about in terms of like word always traveled by mouth. Yes. Right. We didn't have what we have nowadays. Right. We didn't even have at this point newspapers or any type of text. It was all word of mouth. And you, you know, you hear, oh, I just came from Germany. We're 600 people were burned alive with these crazy Mm -hmm. priests in different parishes right there's witches everywhere so exactly yeah the hysteria spread quickly good news travels fast but bad news travels fast even faster yeah Yeah. so most of these trials stopped in like the 1620s and for the following 40 years death penalty for witchcraft was a very very rare sentence in sweden good yeah so for about 10 years they had the hysteria that followed the europe the other european hysterias and then for about 40 years they were like Oh, okay. 
no. Okay. I like that. <laughs> These first witch trials were f- very few and far between compared to the larger hysteria that would become in the 1660s and 70s. So in 1635, the parliament, um, whose task it was to confirm the death sentences handed down by local courts, expressed a great relief that there had been very few cases of witch trials reported to them in the past several years. So another difference that Sweden had was they had like what I would say is comparable to like a federal level government. Mm, okay. And then each of the local parishes was more like a, a municipal government. Okay. Right? Like cool. in terms of what we have today. Yeah. And the municipal government always anytime there was a death sentence involved whether it was witchcraft or not they had to report that death sentence to the federal government yeah and then the federal government had to confirm they had to approve the death sentence they were like the municipal levels local courts were not allowed to give death sentences or execute anybody without the approval from the higher courts oh which is a good way to go about it right because then it takes like you know the the hysteria out of that little area and like they have to go to the higher courts with actual evidence it uh it keeps people from being radicalized exactly exactly yeah and the higher courts like i said express this relief where they're like okay great we're not doing death sentences we're not killing people like witchcraft is not like a big thing here in sweden that's great yeah so while the witch trials became more common in sweden in the first half of the 17th century they seldom resulted in death sentences prior to 1668 the most common outcome for someone accused for sorcery in sweden was for the accused to be released or given a penalty other than death okay so they did lots of different things um that most of it's like corporal punishment Mm. banishment fines they would have like their lands taken from them things like that yeah but they still had their life yeah they could go somewhere else if they wanted to so that's good so for example out of 14 people in one witch trial three men 11 women and then three were charged with witchcraft and seven for harming animals and i couldn't find the information on the other four so maybe they just weren't charged at all i don't know something or maybe they were charged a little column a a little column b yeah who knows right and this was in the time period of 1631 to 1667 the vast majority received a mild punishment such as banishment or fines okay right yeah so they were like yep just go away and they're like okay left bye yep so 16 witchcraft trials uh five against men 11 against women were held in a 40-year period Wow. Yeah. So not well spread out. Yeah. Well spread out. Exactly. Not the mass hysteria like it has been across the rest of the world. Yeah. And of those um, 16 trials, not one of them resulted in a death penalty. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Right. So we did. They were doing really good. So witch trials hardly occurred during Queen Christina's reign. Mm-hmm. In 1648, though, the high-profiled case of Olaf Manson was commuted from a death sentence to a disciplinary punishment. So he was even trying to be tried for death. Yeah. And the queen was like, no, we're not going to kill our people. No. Right? Like, we can punish them and they can go to jail and they can, like, spend the rest of their lives rotting, but we're not going to commit death sentences. Wow. Yeah. So, which is huge, which is, like, just a huge thing, especially in this time period when everybody was like, off with their head. Oh, exactly. Everybody was the queen of hearts at this time. For real. (laughs) That's wild. Right? I feel like that even translates into today's um, justice system. Yeah. When you look at the justice system in the United States, which is very much focused on punishment as well as profit. Yes. 
And mm-hmm. whereas in, in places like Sweden and, and Norway and these Nordic countries, these, yeah, they're, they're more focused towards rehabilitation. Absolutely. And I feel like it's very, very similar. Yeah. Right? Well, you can see the progression of their of their justice system yeah. here where they're like, you know, we'll get into it later. But they're like one of the first European countries who like took a look at some of these witch trial evidence bases. Yeah. And they were like, no, 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 none of this is none of this has any validity. (laughs) Exactly. We need to figure this out and figure it out now. (laughs) Awesome. I love this. Yeah. I thought you'd actually really like this one because like, yes, it's a witch trial, but I feel like it's like one of the better In terms of like not just having wild ass people yeah. making wild ass decisions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's much more logical so far. A, lo- a lot more. Yeah. So in the winter of 1649, the queen ordered the witch trials in one of the Swedish provinces. So there was a Swedish province within Germany. Yeah. And as you remember from our, our conversations about European trials previously, Germany was on a fucking rampage. Oh, in, yeah. In witch trials. Yeah. So there was a Swedish province held within Germany and Queen Christina had ordered all witch trials to be stopped. So because she did not want it to develop into like this mass hysteria trial where all of a sudden the Swedes were now getting wrapped up in these hysteric trials that were ripping through Germany. She was like, no, 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 we have no trials in this province. None. Don't do it. We're not getting involved. Leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. Great. (laughs) And nobody went against the queen. Love that. Right. Or at least not that we know of yeah openly openly, yeah Yeah. so however while rare the death penalty did occur in witchcraft trials during this time so it wasn't totally unheard of unheard of but it was very rare that you would receive a death penalty from the swedish high courts very good in terms of uh, witchcraft so in 1650 two older women um had admitted that they had traveled to blockula which is the um devil's home devil's home yeah and used magic tricks to milk other cows and because this caused harm directly from sorcery to a cow or an animal they were sentenced to death according to this new 1608 law where any sorcery was considered witchcraft and you could die for it okay so unfortunate but that's what happened when the high court uh gave this sentence for discipline so what they did is where a lot of other european countries would burn people at the stakes they found this to be a little too gruesome yeah so what they did is they would sentence people for decapitation so they would be beheaded yeah and then their body parts and their remains would be burned afterwards okay yeah so that was kind of in in these big bonfires which is why we see bonfires today in sweden to scare witches away because it was uh it's like used as a symbol oh yeah of what would happen okay yeah okay in terms of like that's where their remains would be burnt after their decapitation interesting yeah which is funny because you know not funny but you know you have the Scots who are like, press them to death, <laughs> you know, and the Swedes are like, ooh, that's a little much. Like, yeah. what if we just like kill them quickly and then we'll burn their bodies so that they can't come back? Yeah. Right. And yeah. you're like, okay. <laughs> um, in 1653, a woman from another Swedish province was also sentenced to death for killing cattle with magic. So she had attacked her neighbor's livestock with magic. Mm. Um, okay. And it this one was considered to be one of the last death sentences for witchcraft in Sweden prior to the Great Noise, which happened in 1668. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. So everything else was either, you know, like the fines or the banishment. So prior to 1668, a little under 100 executions for witchcraft are estimated to have occurred in Sweden. Hmm. So last one, I believe, was in, I'll confirm it at the end of this episode. Uh, 1704, I think, was the last um, execution. Thank you. Yes. The last execution for witchcraft. So, and we said 400 in total. So in the first like 350 years, there was like 100. Yeah. And in the last like 25, there were 300. Yeah, well, that's a little concerning. But. <laughs> yeah, right? So, so far that most of the um, death penalties were handed out due to harming cattle, which is kind of interesting. Well, yeah. And especially right? if you think about... so. I'm sure you've seen it before, but they have in Sweden, they have this practice of like, uh, like yodeling Mm -hmm. to their livestock and livestock is seen as like animals and nature is, is very, very important in Swedish culture. Okay. Right. So I think there was also this idea around causing harm to animals was equivalent to causing harm to humans. I like that. Like they saw animals on the same level as humans. Yeah. Right. It wasn't like, oh, she killed a cow. So she gets a slap on the wrist. But if she kills a person she gets the death sentence yeah it was very much like you cannot harm either that's cool anything that's alive you're not allowed to harm it i can i I can can drive with with that that. yeah Yeah. (laughs) same (laughs) same so um the largest and, and most famous swedish witch hunt began its takeoff in 1668 during the reign of charles the 11th Ooh. yeah so king charles the 11th comes in and he's just as fucking crazy as the rest of the kings around the world so he is the one who reigned over the great noise which uh, is like okay. the big hysteric yeah. hysteria so uh, witch queen, hysteria queen christina's out yeah queen christina's out charles the 11th is in and he's got a bone to pick with witches yes Exactly. Fuck around, find out energy. You know what I mean? Big yikes. Yeah. (laughs) Big yikes. So the great noise resulted in almost 300 executions in eight years, which is huge. And it is more than any period prior in all of Swedish history. Yeah. Yeah. So... Charles the 11th was not fucking around with witchcraft at all. Ooh. He read that demonology book. He was like, yep, checks out. This is factual. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Sold. <laughs> right? King James, you motherfucker. I am in. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah. You son <laughs> of a bitch. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, so... That all took place in eight years up until 1676 uh, when they were fully stopped. They took place mainly in northern Sweden and the former Danish provinces held within northern Sweden. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the witch hunt started when Lars Alvias, a church pastor, um, interrogates a little shepherd girl. Her name was Gertrude, who was accused by a young boy of witchcraft. So I have to tell you this story. It's a little off topic in terms of what we're going through here. But this story is fucking insane. Okay. Okay. So these two kids are playing, right? The girl and the boy. So Gertrude's playing with this little boy. They get into an argument. She beats the snot out of him. Ah, Okay. So I think he had a bit, bit of a bruised ego. And she was a shepherd's daughter. So after she beats up this boy, she's like, yeah, fuck off. Goes to start tending to her sheep again. And she walks her sheep across like near this lake area. And the boy runs to the pastor and says that she herded her sheep by walking across water. Like walking on the surface of the water. Oh, no. And she herded her sheep that way. So then the pastor interrogates her for days, like hours and hours, days and days and days. And, you know doesn't let her go home doesn't let her eat doesn't let her sleep and just interrogates the shit out of her she finally accuses one of the handmaids 
like the the like farm help servant type style thing uh her name is margaret john's daughter uh for having abducted her to the witch's sabbath of satan in blockula okay 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 so this spiraled and expanded into a large trial in this uh, province of Mora in 1668, where 17 people were sentenced to death for having abducted children and bringing them to this witch's Sabbath. Okay. So after she accuses this like servant, she's then interrogated and she holds up her innocence the entire time. She's like, no, you guys are fucked. <laughs> Didn't happen. These kids are lying. I don't know what's happening. And then... In her trial, this blew my mind. In her trial, the two children, uh, there's like two young girls that talk about her and say, yeah, she abducted us, took us to the Witch's Sabbath on Blockula, da da da. Then her brother and her sister testify against her, saying that they all were taken to Blockula as children by their father. And they sold their souls as children to Satan. And now... They had like these power and now their sister had this power and she was like continuing the cycle and her sister and like the woman who was accused was like, no, it didn't happen. I don't know what my fucking siblings are talking about. I don't know what these kids are talking about. None of this ever happened. Doesn't exist. Doesn't happen. Right. Plot thickens. Yeah. So she actually she's crazy, like in terms of understanding the justice system in like 1668 like in sweden they couldn't give you the death penalty if they didn't have the approval from the higher courts and in order to have the approval from the higher courts they had to have some type of confession some type of evidence that had to be rock solid had to be like rock solid yeah. yeah and so because she wasn't saying anything they couldn't get a death sentence approval from the high courts good for her so they came up with this plan uh-oh where they had a priest go into her and they told her the priest had told her that no matter what she did she was gonna die we're gonna kill you either way but if you admit to it i'll give you this like hall pass to get into heaven basically oh god yeah he was like yeah oh yeah if you just tell us what happened you'll basically you'll go straight to heaven and like i know god and god will just let you into heaven no worries and she very much saw through that and was like yeah get fucked good yeah good for you see you in court Good for you, Gertrude. Kept going back to the, kept going back, kept going back, kept going back, and they couldn't get her to say anything. Yeah. So people had seen, she was in prison for like four years for this. And like, that was unheard of at the time, because remember we talked about how terrible prison cells were and how terrible people were treated in prison. And like, most people ended up dying as a result of some type of like sepsis or like infection while being in prison. Mm -hmm. So her being there for four years and them not being able to prove anything people started to notice so when other people were being accused they were like no if you just stay silent they can't kill us they'll just keep sending us back to jail yeah and like yeah we might be in jail but at least we're not dying and at least we're not being sentenced to death for witchcraft so then the court started to realize that this is what people were doing so i think they had her killed damn (laughs) yeah shit because she was causing other people she was basically causing a an uprising an uprising in like people understanding their judicial rights yeah yeah which is just crazy because like we talked about this just earlier there about seeing the building blocks of sweden's democracy and their justice system in this and that's like a perfect example yeah yeah wow so i just had to tell you that uh i had to tell you that story because that one got me i was like that's fucking insane yeah (laughs) insane it is yeah so the children who were so the supposed victims and witnesses were also punished as well. Not for having witnessed, but because they had gone to Satan at Blockula and participated in the Sabbath, albeit by kidnapping, but they still participated. 
Okay. So 148 children were sentenced to being whipped or what they called running the gauntlet. And to run the gauntlet means to take a part in a form of corporal punishment in which the guilty party is forced to run between two rows of soldiers who strike out and attack them with all sorts of weapons as they run through the line. It's like medieval hazing. Yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. So that was 148 children were sentenced to whipping or running the gauntlet for having participated in these Sabbaths. What would you choose? The gauntlet? Because like, can you run with other people? Because maybe you could like hide. I don't think so. I think it was like a row of like soldiers with like. And it's just you by yourself running? It's you by yourself and you have to run through it. Maybe just the whipping then. Depends how many like. 10 lashings I or feel like, like running the gauntlet is like punishment on top of punishment because not only are you forced to run <laughs> which is a punishment in, its in own. and of itself yeah if you ask me my little flat feet <laughs> that hurt just if you look at them weird um but like and then you're also getting thrashed on the way yeah. right and who knows maybe there's like a soldier you pissed off and he is just like waiting for you to come yeah. near him and whack yeah you know got, got a little extra zhuzh there you know yeah. so maybe i maybe what about what, what would you pick i mean the sadist in me would go for the whipping anyways <laughs> so oh daddy <laughs> <laughs> oh funny i'd make it weird they'd probably wind up forcing me to run the gauntlet because i would make it too weird (laughs) 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 call me satan god damn it too too far yeah too far it is yeah (laughs) so the witch trial of mora attracted major attention and caused mass hysteria in the country of course yeah as it would yep So the witch hunt uh, of 1668 to 1676 was endemic to its nature. Uh, It spread, as most rumors do, in dark corners and faint whispers, uh, hidden in, you know, small bars and small towns and traveling along with nomads and different travelers and salesmen, right? So from parish to parish, uh, the phenomenon of witches abducting children to the witch's Sabbath and the idea of blockula became inescapable in Sweden. So everybody knew about this place. Everybody knew that it was happening and it didn't matter what parish you lived in or what area of Sweden you lived in, your children could be abducted overnight to this blockula place. Mm -hmm. So it was said that these abducted children were exposed to sexual abuse and forced to sell their souls while at blockula. And these heinous accusations and rumors continue to cause widespread panic among parents in the nation. Yeah, because now parents were afraid that children seemed to get the worst of yeah. of it at blockula like yeah. it wasn't just like oh we're gonna teach them like the devil's sermon it was like abuse in all forms they had to write their name in the devil's book right they had to sell their souls they had like there were rumors that as they grew older they would be given the powers of the devils but they had to continue bringing children otherwise they'd go to hell like it this so many different fucked up Pied Piper bullshit for <laughs> yeah, real. Right? Yeah. There is a lot. There's like so like all of these stories that I read about Blockula, like you should read some of them. They're fucking wild. We should just do a whole yeah. ass episode on stories about I feel like we should. Or like yeah. witness accounts of being there. Yeah. Like sounds fucking wild. What the wild. Like straight out of a fucking Brothers Grimm storybook. Yeah. Okay. Like wild. So it makes sense that parents are freaking out because they're like, my children, like this isn't just something that's going to happen to them or their farm or their livestock. Like their children are being kidnapped 
and yeah. abused overnight yeah. and then brought back as though nothing happened right Ooh, yeah big yikes big yeah big oof energy yeah wow so alarmed by the rumors swirling within their parishes, uh, these parents started to demand that the authorities within the parishes uh, start to issue investigations. Yeah. Right. So now instead of it just being kind of confined to one space in Sweden, all these parents are like, ah, my children are telling me stories about being abducted. You need to do an investigation now. Yeah. Right. So they wanted these investigations to solidify and rid them of any hiding witches that would be lurking and ready to harm their children. Okay. Quote unquote. Uh -oh. um, it was this pattern that saw witch trials spread from parish to parish as fast as wildfire. Yeah. Uh, when more and more parents demanded that their children's stories be investigated, things spiraled out of control. With witch panic growing and a steady increase in the number of local witch trials, the federal government had formed a central national witchcraft commission in attempt to take control of the situation. Okay. Okay. So the rules of the witchcraft commission were issued by the king in 1673 and 1674. The 1673 regulation stated that only those accused who confessed willingly and who had played a leading role in the act of witchcraft were legal to be executed. So, so they the had kids that were abducted were not to be. No, the kids that were adopted basically. were not going to be harmed anymore. Yeah. And only those who confessed willingly and you had evidence that they played a lead role in oh, the witchcraft. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because I remember that um, there was that like weird period just after 1608 where it was like anybody who did anything with any form of sorcery, you're fucked. Yeah. And then when this commission came out, they were like, no, no, no. Like you can't have known about the witch and be it and be executed for that. Yeah, like you came and told fair. us that's fine. Yeah. You did not participate in it, but this person did and that person will be punished for okay, it. Makes right? sense. Again, pillars of democracy. Yeah. <laughs> kind of I don't know. I'm getting the vibe that this was some weird fucked up um like child exploitation ring that like used the cover of, of witches totally yeah. could be because that's what it's that's what it feels like well to and me. it feels you know? like it feels icky yeah children are at the center of most of this yeah right like really they are so that was the 1673 then in 1674 they revised the rules stating that people could now be executed even if they had not confessed okay. okay okay so the revision also stated that the use of torture was now a legal means that court officials could use to make any of the accused confess so in the 1670 yeah so yeah. in the 1673 they had to confess willingly you couldn't use torture like you had to have evidence and now in 74 they're like no fuck it beat the shit out of them until they tell us yeah not I good i can kind of see where that's coming from though because you would think you probably have more kids coming forward more of this happening yeah parents are there's, still demanding there's no repercussions to this happening because who's gonna confess to raping kids nope right and then nope. so i can understand understand why they would want to take a stricter approach stance on it on how they would punish that yeah but i feel like they pushed it a little too far <laughs> yeah you know? the envelope went a little far a little, little little too much exactly yeah. right so in, in most cases torture had been commonly used before 1674 okay but without legal permission so if mm -hmm. they ever had like gone to these high courts or this witchcraft commission and been like yeah we beat the shit out of this person they'd be like that's not legal no yeah we can't you cannot use them that because they did not beat it out of them yeah, you, yeah they didn't confess willingly and that's yeah. against the law yeah so no we can't use that so even though it was used as a means it was never done legally okay. and they couldn't use it legally yeah 
in terms of like getting the higher courts to say yes to death sentences. So still all right. Uh, kind of. Ish. So ish. Ish. Uh, Morally the, gray. Yeah. <laughs> the commission was divided into two departments under the supervision of Governor Carl Larson, uh, who preserved the right to confirm all sentences before they could be legally carried out. So everything had to go through him. He had oh, to review okay. all of these local parishes um applications i guess you could say applications for death okay (laughs) so requests for death penalty yeah so all of the condemned were executed by decapitation after which their remains were burnt at the stake okay so they still kept that as their kind of like standard hard line hard line punishment no one being burned alive nobody being hung nobody being burned alive no water trials no (laughs) you know what i mean no drawn and quartered no (laughs) no none of that how many ways can you die (laughs) 101 ways to kill a witch apparently (laughs) yeah Mm. so the worst phase occurred in 1675 when about 110 were executed in two provinces in sweden jinkies so this is known uh one of the most famous witch trials that came from this great noise period and where we are going to pull our most famous stories from in the later episodes of this series is called the Torskar Witch Trials. 71 people, of which 65 were women. So about one-fifth, like every fifth woman in the Torskar Parish was accused of witchcraft, which is just crazy. Wow. Yeah, so... Yeah, every fifth woman. So one in five. Jesus. was like, you're a witch, you're a witch, you're a witch. Duck, duck, goose. Yeah. But like in the worst way. Yeah, exactly. So two men and four boys were beheaded and then burned on the stake June 1st, 1675. And according to some sources, nine people were previously executed on March 28th and the remaining 62 on June 1st. Oh, my God. Yeah. So um, in June 1675, the hysteria reached the capital of Stockholm in the form of the migrating child witness, also known as the gavel boy. So gavel boy, we'll talk a lot about him in the in our stories. But gavel boy was basically like this like star witness that went from parish to parish telling his story about all of these like witches who would continuously kidnap him and continuously take him to to this block home. Is it block home? Blockula. Blockula. Thank you. Thank you. I just, (laughs) I'm thinking Stockholm and Blockula. Blockholm. Oh my God. (laughs) Idiot. Um, So he arrived to the Capitol after testifying in his own mother's witch trial, right? Oh no. So after testifying in his mother's witch trial, he continued on to the Katrina Parish, which is near Stockholm in 1676. And as a result of his uh, testimony, eight other women were killed in the witch trials in Katrina Parish. Oh. Yeah. So Anna and Britta Zippel, Anna Mann's daughter, Anna Larka, Maria Jornson daughter, uh, Margarita Manson daughter, Anna Simon's daughter, and Malin Mann's daughter. Now, of these, we're going to talk about three. So later in the series, we're going to tell the story of Malin Mann's daughter, who is the only recorded accused witch in all of Sweden who was burned alive. Oh, shit. During the witch hysteria. And the Zippel sisters, Anna and Britta, who were believed to be the most powerful witches in Sweden at the time. Oh, shit. Yeah. So we're going to tell their stories later cool. on. But crazy. So all because of this one boy. Yeah. Who just was like, yeah, just keep getting kidnapped. <laughs> Keep getting sent back and no worries. Uh, So the witch trials of the Katrina Parish in Stockholm 
were, however, to be the end of the entire Swedish witch hunt. Okay. So this would be the last witch hunt yeah. that would ever happen in Sweden. So during the proceedings, proceedings in Stockholm, several members of the Witchcraft Commission, notably Urban Hyrne, so they he had a growing concern. So he was actually a medical practitioner. He was a doctor, but primarily to like the aristocratic members of Sweden. Okay. And eventually became the doctor to the king. Right. So he was a very like well-respected, well-known. He was on a lot of committees. He received a lot of like medals from like the nobles. Right. So he very well trusted. He had a growing concern over the rights of those accused and the testimonies used to condemn them. Yeah. He was like, mm, no, it doesn't add up. This is like not right. Particularly the testimonies that were given by children who were merely asked to confirm their former statements rather than repeat them. Oh. So in court, he noticed that they would just have to be like, oh, did you say this? And they were like, yes, rather than being like, tell us the story again. So he was actually the one that pushed in trials like, OK, if you want to use children as witnesses, they need to re confirm their stories and yeah. they need to match yeah because if you tell them what they said then they will just agree with you anyways it's yeah. just confirmation bias you know what i mean like, exactly yeah. that's exactly it so on september 11th 1676 one of the child witnesses finally admitted to having lied in court oh shit yeah. here we go this confession was followed by the complete breakdown of all child witnesses who had who had finally admitted to having lied and were all instead charged with perjury. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, As a shit. consequence, the Witchcraft Commission immediately ordered a stop to all witch hunts nationwide. Wow. So, done. No That's more. Awesome. Release everyone. It started to issue investigations into how the witch hysteria could be effectively stopped. So they yeah. had like another investigative department that went from parish to parish and we're like okay how do we stop this how do we yeah. stop the witch hysteria how do we blah 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 right so in 1677 the witchcraft commission and the government ordered the clergy nationwide to stop all witch panic by conducting a prayer of gratitude and thanking god that the witches had now been banished forever from their kingdom oh, because fuck. they were like the only they're only listening to the churches right so if we have all of the churches just be like oh thank god it's over we did it you know god is looking after us now that was the only way it was going to calm yeah. people down yeah of course right so that's what they did so when some of the clergymen protested and insisted that the witches had indeed been guilty and sorcery was real they were lectured by the witchcraft commission and forced to comply otherwise they would lose their posts oh shit yeah they were like do it or fuck off yeah right which is great which is great that i think it's so wonderful that the government they stepped segregated in segregated themselves from the church yeah and they didn't allow the church to control them no they stepped in and they were like yeah what what's happening here is is bad. not good it's bad it's not all good. of this is bad <laughs> this doesn't look good for us yeah no we're we're need we're gonna need to put a pin in this you know <laughs> a big one yeah <laughs> big old pin yeah so, so stop by that act the great witch hunt known as the great noise was ended in sweden and the witchcraft commission was dissolved okay yep so while the witchcraft act of 1608 was still legally in force the courts of appeal was reluctant to confirm any death sentences for witchcraft reported to them by like local courts after 1676 so even though technically that law of witchcraft was still in effect yeah anytime they got reports and requests for death sentences they were like mm-hmm no, nope. yeah. no, nope. that's mm. icky. We fucked up. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Banish nope. them. Find them. Banish them. No, nope. we're not. Yeah. We're not killing people anymore. No more murders. Exactly. Please. Yeah. 
So while witchcraft cases occasionally appeared in the late 17th and early 18th centuries, they were few and very isolated. Okay. And guilty verdicts of local courts were normally commuted to lesser punishments or repealed by the high courts. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So the last witch trial in Sweden took place in 1757. So I was wrong. 1750, not 1704. It's <laughs> uh, okay. Where several people were subjected to torture and forced to confess under this law that was still enacted. The trial was conducted by a local church, checks out, and approved by the local governor. It was never approved by the high courts. So they just like... They just went off on their own, went yep, rogue. Yeah, went totally rogue. I couldn't find if there was any punishment for them for doing that. But it was I like would, a very isolated incident yeah. that happened in a local parish and the high courts were like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. didn't call. You didn't write. Yeah. You like, broke the law, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> you didn't check to see if I was cool with this. Yeah. What the fuck? None of it. Right. <laughs> so however, while formally legal um, as the Witchcraft Act had never actually been abolished or changed mm. in law, witch trials were considered a, a defunct phenomenon in Sweden by this point. Yeah. So by the 1750s, like most members of parliament and in the high courts and governments and just kind of Swedes in general were like, oh no, that was, that's kind of we trash. We about that. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of mm. trash. It's, it's not real, yeah. right? So when Countess Catherine de la Gardie was visiting some provinces, so she was just like a, a noble of the area. Okay. She was informed by authorities in the capital that a witch trial was taking place within a province and she was immediately sent to act as the central authority and ordered the trial to be stopped. Good. So at this point, like the government is stepping in and having their like nobility amongst like in the country like go to these places and shut things down as they hear about them yeah which is just another way of showing that like the swedish government was very proactive they were on the game they were on it and not only that but they like they enlisted the help of their nobility yeah and they were like no 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 like you're a countess your job is to control your shit yeah so go control your shit you have parishioners you figure need it to out. go control them yeah. yeah figure it out right but when she got there she had put the trial to a stop and the accused were freed and she had given monetary compensation for any torture that they had been uh that they had been forced to endure oh my god yeah so in, seven, in 1779, the death penalty for witchcraft was finally abolished. Great. And Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Snaps for Sweden. Snaps for Sweden. <laughs> yeah. Right? You didn't absolutely. We didn't say, oh, I hate it here. Not yeah, once this time. I did not hate it here <laughs> once. I mean, I, I disliked it a little bit a couple of times. But for <laughs> yeah. the most part, snaps for Sweden. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of like the history and the background of witch trials in Sweden. Okay. Um, in like a 400 year snapshot, 500 yeah. year snapshot. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then later on, I'm going to do another maybe episode or two uh, on the exact stories of these women. Okay, cool. Some of these famous women. Cool, 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 cool. I love it. Thank you. That was a great episode. Did you like it? I love, you know, the Nordic region of the world. Yeah, I know you do. It just it has a special little place in my heart. I, in in general, like everyone there just seems to be a bit more progressive yeah. in the way that they view, you know, just everything, everything in life. Yep. The way they view um, democracy, the way they view just justice. Just society in yep. general. It's very Taking much. Taking care of one another. Exactly. And, we yep. don't get, fo- we don't move forward unless we all move forward. Exactly. It's, it's very, very find, much how it seems is a stronger sense of community versus. It's the uh, us mentality rather yes, than the me mentality. Exactly. And I've 
maybe I've romanticized that in my own mind. Same. Probably. But God damn it. I do love them. Yeah. I love them all. Same. So <laughs> same. If you offered me an opportunity to move to Sweden or Finland, Norway, Denmark, or Finland, I would probably take that. Same. I would I would be like, oh, for free or whatever. Yeah. I Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm in. Absolutely, I would uproot my life and well, move there. Even when I was doing research for this episode, because like this is very much a history heavy episode yes. in terms of like, you know, dates, times, different council names, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Right. And you have to do quite a bit of research on a country to understand who was in power at the time and when yes. and like understand their history. It is still a monarchy. It I is. Believe, it right? is. Yeah, but. absolutely. But man. I've always loved the Nordic countries as well. I've always, yeah. like, same thing, romanticized them. And this totally solidified it yeah, for like, me. Mm. Like, I was just like, chef's kiss, love it. And then looking at pictures, because when I when I was researching and found things like two-thirds of the country is forest, I was like, get fucked. And I, you look and you're like, it's so beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's gorgeous there. Yeah. Did you know? Okay, so you know how similar here... I, I'm not sure if it's all of Canada, but I I know here in our province of Alberta, we have crown land that yes. you're allowed to camp on. Yeah. In Sweden, I might be a little bit wrong here, so bear with me, but th- this is the general gist that all Swedes have the right to camp anywhere they want as long as they like clean up after themselves. So they can go on a hike and camp wherever they want without having like, you know, here we have to do like backcountry and like you have to book it if you're on provincial land or blah, 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 blah. Not in Sweden. Mm. Like the government very much wants people to like be out in nature and outdoors and do things. But there also is this idea of like, don't harm nature. Yes. Like it's here for all of us to enjoy and we all get the benefits of it, but only if we all take care of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it makes sense. So just so cool. I just love, I love Sweden. I want to manifest this. I've heard of podcasts going on like tours, like live shows. I'm like, you know, if I could just manifest us one day. Being in Sweden? Being in Sweden. Let's just do it for a second. Just, just. Just uh, do my math thought for a moment. Uh, lock it in. Visualize it, Holly. You and I in Sweden talking about how much we love Sweden. That'd be so dope. So dope. So dope. So dope. Anyways, next week, what are we doing? Next week, I am going to tell you the story of uh, Mal and Matt's daughter, Ooh. who was part of the Katrina Parish um, trials. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. so I'm going to tell you her story because she has an interesting, interesting story. Oh, I'm excited. Especially in terms of like being in like the, you know, 1600s. She's got a very interesting story. Uh, hell yeah. Uh, hell yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed this. That. I know it was a little um, history heavy. I love history. Me too. I, so, you know, I'm, I'm a history nerd. I may not go out of my way to study history too often. I mean, I have. I've been known to dabble. What? You know? Just like, take a listen to the Egypt episode. Yeah, I've been known to dabble. <laughs> but I do find um, a certain draw more to the folklore side of things versus the literal history side of things. Does Same. that make sense? I agree. So, yeah, I like that as and, well. And that's another reason why I think we're good. Because <laughs> you do the literal history and I do like, oh, fairy tales. <laughs> fairy tales you know <laughs> i love it <laughs> that's why we work it's true well it's funny that you say that because i um i've been like craving a new tattoo lately oh shit. i want one so badly Kay. and 
I think I'm going to get, just because we were talking about folklore here, I think I'm going to get Baba Yaga's hut. Do it, please. (laughs) Chicken legs and all. Not the million chicken legs. Not the scurrying chicken legs. I want the scuttling legs. (laughs) Just the big old chicken legs. You get the regular one. I'm going to get a little one with just a a a million little. Okay, dude. So you know how we always talked about doing a fire truck? Yeah. Should we do Bubba Yaga's hut instead? (laughs) Par hips. Par Par hips. (laughs) We'll see. Amazing. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining another Thanks week for having me of course anytime it wouldn't be the podcast without you ah! literally and figuratively thank you <laughs> i am appreciated yeah you are i feel appreciated you are i feel it <laughs> immensely <laughs> you were also appreciated yes <laughs> for once in my life no, I'm just oh, kidding. <laughs> finally found something i'm appreciated in <laughs> vindication <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I can't wait to get into it again with you next week. And uh, next week is going to be less uh, history heavy. Less history heavy, more holy fucky. Yeah. Holy fucky is the right way to explain it. All (laughs) right. I am fucking here for it. Awesome. Well, per usual, you can follow us on all of our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, TikTok. (laughs) You owe me a Coke. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, On top of it, we still have our Patreon up. Yep. Where you can get early access to our episodes. Sometimes um, really early, sometimes not so early. It all depends on what my ADHD is like that week. Exactly. Like we've said once, and we'll say it again, it's not Holly's HD. Oh, oh my God. ADHD. It's our ADH LMNOPQ. Done. <laughs> I got 80 of them, some bitches. I got 80 of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. <laughs> All right, guys, stay spooky. Bye.